Welcome back to Bus Talks, uh, the podcast where we talk about football from an amateur's point of view. Uh, amateur, uh, I meant armchair critic. That's all of for all of us fans. Uh, to be honest, I never liked the armchair. Why? Term armchair. <laughs> uh, my name is Bus, and alongside me is. Michael, what's up, what's up, what's up? Yes, Michael always with a delay. So, uh, if you're <laughs> hearing this and there's a delay, uh, we hope you forgive us because Michael's on the other side of the planet in the States. Yeah. <laughs> this is a joint collab all the way across the other side of the world. Uh, but before we start on our footballing uh, topics today, we're going to be recapping the UEFA Champions League. And most of today's podcast about Champions League will be talking about the Juve Lyon and Man City and Real Madrid and also the quarterfinals. But before that, please check us out at uh, all our social media sites. You can find us on uh, Facebook at Bus Talks. WordPress, you can find us at WordPress on bustalks.wordpress.com. Our Twitter and IG, uh, IG is Bus Talks. Uh, on Twitter is Bus Talks Mike. That's B-A-Z-T-A-L-K-S-M-I-C because uh, there's already a bus talk uh, on Twitter. Uh, I wouldn't recommend going to that page unless uh, you're of a certain affiliation uh, in the States. And also, we are available on Spotify. So do check us out on Bus Talks on Spotify as well. And without further ado, uh, Mike. Uh, Mike has been watching the UEFA Champions League because uh, it won't be at a ridiculous time as compared to me in Singapore. Usually the games are like 3 in the morning. So uh, Mike did watch two of the games. Uh, I believe it was the Man City, Real Madrid and Barcelona, uh, Barcelona Napoli. Uh, he also uh, wrote something, uh, wrote a little match report, a match recap on our WordPress. So do check it out. Uh, or you can just stay tuned and listen to what Mike thinks about the game. Mike. Okay. Um, let's start with uh, City Real Madrid. Sure. Um, yeah, it was a really, really interesting tactical battle because um, City. We know City also always likes to to dominate possession, but. They played a little bit more di- differently. They were more direct. If you ever watched the the game when Man City played Liverpool, uh, Man City was more concerned uh, with their counter pressing and their and, and playing on the counter, and um, and and they didn't really they didn't really put too much emphasis on possession football. So, so you, what you see is that. Manchester City would press Real Madrid really, really high and putting as much pressure on the defense and on the keeper. Um, Jesus was uh, a standout. I think he pressed the best out of all the Man City players. And and it was really, it was because of Jesus that Man City got two of their goals. So Jesus... Uh, was able to isolate uh, Varane in in the Madrid penalty box, and he stole the ball from him, and he simply passed it to Sterling, who tapped it in. 
and then and then in the second goal, uh, Jesus was able to to also isolate Varane again, and then he was able to capitalize on a on a very poor back pass to Courtois. He stole the ball and then scored a goal. So really, for me, I think uh, I think it was Jesus that was really the the standout player for 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 in the game. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I I was reading the reports because I didn't watch the game. Uh, a lot of uh, and I follow uh, a lot of uh, ESPN uh, ESPN FC coverage on, on this because I think the the show itself is good. The feedback of uh, most of the pundits are good. So uh, from that, the feedback that I got was that Rafael Varane had a complete howler and he was uh, as you mentioned just now he was involved in or he was at fault for both of the goals uh, off night he didn't have his uh, reliable Sergio Ramos beside him to lead him what do you think? Yeah I agree um, I think I think Sergio Ramos he, he's you know he's, he's an excellent defender but he's and very strong personality so he may have just I think uh, I don't want to comment too much about the psychology of a team because it's hard to figure out yeah, yeah but but more than but Sergio Ramos impact is more psychological rather than tactical necessarily um, he, of course he's very good he's, Sergio Ramos is a very good player uh, playing from the back, um, he's good at finding Cruz uh, in between the lines. So they definitely miss that. But you know, him without without him there, the the structure was ju- the players were just not as sharp, and they they were just more nervous playing. So, so as in, uh, there's more more to Sergio Ramos' contribution to the team than just being a really, some would say, a world class defender. He's definitely a goal scoring defender. He's very clutch for yeah. his for his team. Uh, his leadership, I think, is what was missing in in that crucial tie. Yeah, yeah, especially since, um, especially since. Um, last year, when they lost to 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 Ajax and got eliminated from 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 the, the Champions League, League. yeah, yeah. Uh, Ramos wasn't there either, and you know, it. And if you think about it, it was also a, a really similar game with with Ajax also playing much of the game in the counter on the counter because Real Madrid was was uh, dominating possession okay so but but why do you think this is so uh, for a player of Iran he's a world cup winner or is this yeah. something that Pep actually thought they they should you know as you mentioned um, city were playing a different tactic than their the, the usual style maybe this is something Pep uh, picked up True. I mean, that's that's possible. Um, uh, Ramos's uh, substitute Militao, the yeah, uh, Portuguese centre back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Edo Militao. Um, 
he's a he's a he's a very good center back, but and he's probably going to replace Sergio Ramos uh, eventually, um, because you know uh, Ramos is in his thirties. Mm. But um, the the pair the the pairing of Varane and Militao has not uh, they have developed bond, properly. Yeah, they 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 haven't spent too many minutes together. So, so I so so if Pep Pep if he if he was look, if he was studying around Madrid, probably saw the center backs as a as a as a weak point. Ah, okay, okay. Uh, that's actually true. Uh, by the way, Adam Militao is a Brazilian, not Portuguese. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Shit. He's, he's Brazilian, but I, I I'm not sure whether yeah he should be he's Brazilian in his profile. Not sure whether he plays for Portugal. You know there 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 are a lot of players who are born in a different nationality but plays for other countries. But going back to that point, yeah, because he, he he used to play for Porto, I think. Ah, uh, okay. But going back to to what you said, it it's true. I think defensive partnerships are something that is hard to do. It's hard to forge a very yeah. strong partnership, and I think, uh, as someone who plays social football since uh I was in my teens, I'm a late starter. I'm, I'm just an average Sunday league player, if I can say so myself. Uh, playing in centre back, I think it's it's there's a big difference if you can actually have a partnership with someone. You you both can be good individually, but if you are not in sync, I think. Those are gaps that can be exploited. Uh, whether it's easy or not, it really depends on the quality of the quality and game plan of the other team. Obviously, this is of a higher level, but I think the basics of football is is something that you, ev- everyone should be able to relate to. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully, uh. Do you think Real Madrid need to change their pairing, or do you think time will solve this? Since you I mentioned think... that they they didn't really play a lot together. Yeah, I mean, ev- eventually Zidane is gonna uh, is gonna is gonna give Militao more minutes, and I think he is good enough to be a starting center back for Real Madrid. And really, if you look at if you look at the Real Madrid squad, it's it's an aging squad. A lot of players are gonna are gonna leave eventually. Um, Modric, Cruz, Ramos—they're all they're, that core is all in in their thirties. Um, Zidane has already found some solutions with uh, Valverde coming in to to support the defense. Um, Ferland Mendy uh, has been incredible. Uh, he's He's. I, I. think he's already pretty much replaced Marcello Marcello in the uh, in the left back uh, position. Okay. So yeah. Um, next year the transition is gonna gonna uh, happen more. Um, Ramos is probably gonna play less minutes, and so are those midfielders gonna play less minutes. Okay. Uh, we'll cover. Uh, Zinedine Zidane uh, probably in our next podcast uh, where we talk about uh, managers uh, so for our listeners uh, the few that we have 
I, I didn't check our first podcast. Uh, I did send out to our friends for a test podcast. Relatively, the uh, feedback has been uh, nice. But that's because we send it out to our friends. Uh, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, they've, they've been very generous to yeah. us. <laughs> if, if you, uh, to whoever's listening, uh, if you have this one, please share it to your friends who, who like football. Uh, leave us a comment and maybe we can improve from there. And uh, with that, we'll move on to our next game that uh, Mike watched, which is the Barcelona and Napoli uh, which ended 3-1 in Barcelona's favour. I saw the mess, uh, Messi's goal. It was insane. But Messi has been insane for, what, a good decade. Uh, I have to admit, I was a bit late to the Messi party. Uh, but that's because I'm quite pragmatic. It's far too easy for people to say, oh, this is a generational talent. This guy is like the next big thing. Mike has been like on about it, you know, when the early days of the Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi war started. Uh, yeah, so Mike, take it away with Barcelona, man. What's up with that game? Okay. Um, there was before the game started. There was a lot of uh, questions about the squad. Um, they didn't, you know, they they lost La Liga. Their defense is not that good. Um, they don't have a lot of speed in attack, so um, yeah, there, there, there's really a lot of doubt uh, in, in that Barcelona squad, and also um, there were a lot of questions also about the lineup. Um, I think PK was was injured, had had a bit of a knock uh, after that last La Liga game. Um, his replacement Araujo got injured playing for Barca B, and so you know we no one knew uh, what kind of lineup Setien was gonna was gonna bring out against Napoli. Um, a lot of people were hoping that uh, the youngsters Ansu Fati and Ricky Puch would come out and play for the side, but Setien did not put them in the first 11. Instead, he fielded uh, a trio of, a forward trio of Messi, Suarez, and Antoine Griezmann in the midfield. Uh, rather than Pooch, he put... Uh, Sergio Roberto on the right, uh, Frankie de Jong on the left, and Rakitic playing as the single pivot while PK started, which uh, I think a lot of fans were probably uh, relieved to see him come back. Um, and Nelson Semedo started on the right while uh, Alba started on the left. So they came out playing a, a, a four a four three three um, against a Napoli side that is that has really been very very consistent with their lineup. Um, there were some there was some doubts with uh, left winger uh, Insigne because he got injured or 
he got a small injury at the end of the Serie A. So, so really, um, it was a very stable lineup for these two sides. And um, as for the game, from the very start, it, 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 it did look like Napoli was, was the better team. But uh, Barca was able to score a goal in the 10th minute uh, with Longley, uh, who, who should who probably should not have had that goal because of because VAR shows showed that he shoved someone, uh-huh. uh, and then and then he was able to block Kulibali from from marking him, and then he 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 headed the ball into the net. So yeah, he probably should not have counted. Um, and then you know you saw the Messi second goal. He beat three people on the right and then fell down, went back up, and then still managed to score the goal. Um, that was in, that was incredible. Um, and then he had a he had a goal uh, disallowed because of VAR. Um, the referee thought that it was a handball, but I don't think it was a handball. Um, but I guess you know there's balance there. They. They let the long leg goal. They allowed the long leg goal, but this allowed this one. So this kind of balance. And then on the third goal, on the third goal, uh, Suarez uh, was fouled in the box, and he just took the penalty and just scored. After that, just before halftime, um, uh, they pulled uh, Napoli pulled one back because um, I think Mertens was fouled on the box as well mm-hmm. by Rakitic. But um, all in all, it was a it was a surprising game for me. I thought that uh, Barca was gonna struggle a lot more in breaking down this Napoli team um, because because when Barca play, they play very narrowly. They don't have any natural wingers, and they rely too much on their fullbacks to to give them width. So I thought that. Uh, because Napoli played uh, narrowly in, a, in in their four five one four one four, they could you know really really frustrate Barca, but it was not the case at all. And so, and I think yeah, that was that was impressive. Uh, that was impressive to see from Barca because they've been they've been uh, they struggle a lot. When in trying to unlock uh, tight defenses, all all season long, really. Yeah. So how how do you so do you think this Barca side can go all out uh, to win it? I doubt it. I really doubt it. I mean, if if they had a more favorable draw, maybe, but. As it as it shows, right now they play they play Bayern next, and even if they beat Bayern, they play they would probably play be play City, and then after that they still have to go to the final. Why they where where they're gonna play? Probably PSG or Atletico Madrid, who have who 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 they have never who they haven't beaten in the. Champions League for a long, long time. Oh, I don't think... Yeah. So it's just... The draw is just very unfavorable for, for Barca. 
So I doubt, I doubt, I really doubt they're gonna win. Alright, uh, we move on to our last uh, portion. Uh, it was uh, honestly a bit surprising for me. It was surprising for Mike as well. Uh, we'll go on to our last portion for the recap of UEFA Champions League before we take a short little break. It's definitely about Juventus and Lyon. We're not going to talk about the match. We're going to talk about the consequences of the match, the aftermath, uh, how Juventus imedi- immediately sacked uh, uh, Sari. And then they hired uh, Pirlo, who was who last week just got promoted to the under twenty three head coach, and now he's the top man in the top job. Uh, Mike, what do you think? Uh, I know you were the one that introduced me to Sari Ball, if I remember correctly, when he came to Chelsea. He left Chelsea. He's only been a year at Juve. Uh, they won the league by just one point. What do you think? Uh, was it wrong? I think it's the Juve side is the this Juve side and Maurizio Sarri do not have are not a good fit really um, Sarri's Napoli was a very mobile team um, the front three always uh, always uh, made runs in behind the defense uh and and would frequently uh you know change change positions the the interiors in the in that four three three would always always like to underlap mm. uh and you know it, it's just a very mobile team compare compare that to this juventus team which is which doesn't have that mobility and doesn't have that that skill on the ball and you know it's just it was never I don't think it was ever really going to be a successful uh, partnership anyway but and um, I, I don't think Juve should have Fired, sorry, but it's I can see their logic in it. Um, I was thinking that they would they would hire uh, Pochettino, but instead they 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 chose Pirlo instead. And really, we know we know next to nothing about Pirlo, right? The yeah. only right, the only other guy I know. Who, who has that kind of trajectory is Gattuso, because I don't think Gattuso when 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 he, when when he managed AC Milan, I I don't think he had ever managed any team before. I think he was just part of the coaching staff. But 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 I think most of this is really people who take inspiration from Zidane. I don't think Zidane had. Any other team that he coached other than the I think it was the what the under twenty threes right before he yeah. got promoted to the head coach. So I think that a lot of uh, clubs uh, would want to take former players who they feel understand the club. Whether or not that translates to them being good managers is totally you know it's a gamble. Yeah, 
Truth, yeah, I, I kind of agree, truthfully. Um, I, I feel like the, the more I see, the more I study managers in the game, I feel like the most important thing to, the, to a club and manager's success is not necessarily how brilliant the, 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 the manager is, but how well they fit together, right? When Klopp came in to, to Liverpool, they quickly figured out who fit his football and who didn't. Mm. And, they, and they completely, you know, if you compare Klopp's first year to, his, to, to the current year, there's only about a handful of players who, who, who are still playing, right? Uh, Jordan Henderson, Firmino were probably... Probably one of the only few ones left. Um, it, it's the same with Pep. You know, they they quickly sold everyone who, who didn't fit his football yeah. and got as many ball playing players that they can. And yeah, Juventus didn't do that with Sari. You know, um, they just gave him the team and said, you know, do your best. But it doesn't work that way. Yeah. They have to. The, the club have to, has to do has to believe in the philosophy to of, the manager. of the manager. Yeah, exactly, and and you know, help him out, find the players that he needs, uh, you know, and yeah, just 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 work together, I guess. Yes, definitely. I think that's uh, an aspect that. A lot of people don't don't think uh, a lot of they just go for the pedigree, which is why uh, when I think one of the best that we can look at is Jose Mourinho at Manchester United. He was never going to fit the United philosophy of you know uh, fast flowing football, playing through the wings. You knew he's going to hunker down, he's going to play on a break, uh, but mm-hmm. this this. His philosophy brings you trophies. So, at that point in time, United wanted a manager that can bring trophies. So, in my opinion, they brought in the right manager. They should have backed him uh, with all the transfers that he wanted because in the end, when uh, Oligana came in, those were the same positions that Josie was uh, whining. I wouldn't say crying. It was really whining a lot. It was quite entertaining. Whining out four, you know, a centre back, a winger, a centre mid. Uh, there were some questionable things that he wanted to do, like getting rid of Anthony Martial and Paul Pogba. But I think people are quick to judge. I think if you are building a team, you want a team that believes in your. Like you mentioned, you want a team that believes in your philosophy that fits into your style whether it's it's understandable to get rid of players like Pogba and Anthony Martial if you don't believe in it you you have to go or you're going to be detrimental to the team it was uh, like you mentioned it was what Klopp did he brought in players that, that fit into his style into his the way he play it's what Pep does at Man City and I, I think that's that's an uh aspect that we don't really think about it's easy to just buy in players that are you know a hot commodity at the moment 
but whether they fit into your style, that's a whole different thing. Uh, at one point, Rafael Varane was actually, uh, well, you know, he was sought after, but now, in the recent games that we see, when he doesn't have a, a leader, uh, a, a partner that leads him, he, he might not be as good as, as people would, would expect from a big money transfer for a big name like that. Exactly, and 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 the, you know you don't you don't have to you don't have, you don't necessarily have to spend a lot, you know, uh, to 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 complement the manager's uh, a manager's philosophy. You know, um, you just you just have to to recruit very well to study what players you know you can buy. You know if. You, if you buy young, and if you really study the players, you know, you don't need to spend a lot, right? If you look at RB Leipzig, you know, they have a they have a philosophy already set up. Their scouting and their analysis is is really top notch, and they don't pay a lot for, and 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 they don't have to pay a lot to get the players that they need to fit the system. Yeah, so uh, final thoughts on Pirlo sitting at Juventus. What do you think? Will he do a Zidane? Go on to win uh, three back-to-back Champions League title? Rebuild a team uh, at the start of the season? Just for our listeners, uh, I was quite adamant that uh, Zidane was not a good manager. He, he'd probably be out, out of job. But midway through this, the first half of the season, he actually turned things around, brought in uh, Valverde, that helped the midfield. Uh, played more of uh, Vinicius and Rodrigo. Rodrigo, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that, that helped. Uh, other than his very public spat of a uh, very, very rich uh, Welshman, uh, he has revitalized players like Karim Benzema. Yeah. So, 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 and Cruz, uh, Cruz, Cruz is also playing... Playing the best football he's he's played in a while. So, um, Pirlo, what do you think? Um, it's hard to say because we don't we really don't know anything about. Okay, um, so so we're gonna take uh, I, I like to call this a uh, pundit gamble on on the thing because <laughs> it's gonna sound like we are either uh you know. We, yeah. we are we are damn good at what we are, <laughs> or we just gonna sound like complete idiots like a year from now <laughs> so so in, in terms of talent right the Juventus the Juventus squad is still the, probably the most talented squad in Syria mm. problem is is that uh, all their rivals are, are are strengthening their squads I mean if you look at Inter Milan they're, they're planning to buy some really good players. Um, they want to buy Endombele from Tottenham, who I think is a very fabulous player. So maybe if Juventus recruits smartly in the summer, they can continue to dominate. You don't, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to be a genius in managing as long as you know you have, you know, if you have the basics. Uh, done, and you have a talented squad. So you know, we'll who see, knows? We'll okay. I mean, Pirlo. We know Pirlo is a smart person. So we'll see. Uh, I think. I think. I think Juventus' success 
is going to hinge more on the club's recruitment rather than Pirlo's genius. Ah, I think. Okay. 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 I see it. I see it. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. put my uh, neck out and my reputation. Not that there's much of it. Uh, on a limb and say that Pirlo is gonna fail. He, he'll he'll at least win the Serie A uh, next season. I think this this is really gonna backfire really badly if he doesn't make it through the season. Uh, Mike, I I think Mike's not gonna go out go uh go out on a limb here. It's it's it, I don't know I I I'm just going <laughs> okay. Most likely, most likely he's gonna fail, just because he we don't know anything about him. He doesn't have any experience. So we yeah. shall see whether uh my prediction will uh, sound stupid in a year's time. All right, uh that's our UEFA Champions League recap. When we come back, we'll bring you the quarterfinals that's coming up in the next few days. Uh, Atlanta PSG, uh, Atletico and RB Leipzig. Barca and Bayern, Man City and Lyon, all happening on 13, 14, 15, and 16 of August. Right, stay tuned. Right, welcome back to Bus Talks. Uh, before we start, uh, we're gonna be. Uh, I I want to give a shout out to my friends at Pakish Podcast. Uh, do check them out. Uh, Pakish is spelled P-U-C-K. ISH, uh, the group of four gentlemen who share a lot of their experiences in life. Uh, very, very good uh, podcast. Please take a listen. Uh, they have not paid us to talk about them. Uh, they have helped us out in our podcasting journey. So it's only, uh, I think this is as much as I can do to, to thank them. So yes, uh, everybody, please uh, check them out. But don't forget to listen to us as well, okay? Don't just go there and don't come back. Please come back. Uh, if you want for, uh, you want football, do come and listen to Bus Talks. Uh, we'll continue with our Bus Talks now. Quarterfinals. We'll be checking it out. Uh, our preview. So far, Mike, I, uh, I believe he got his round of 16 quite spot on. He called Man City... Uh, to go into the next round and Barcelona obviously Bayern uh, were leading 3-0 three, three uh, that, that's quite obvious uh, I think the other one that was he was spot on was Juve against Lyon uh, so, I think I'm the only one I'm the only one <laughs> uh, that Lyon was gonna that Lyon was gonna uh, go through yeah uh, I'm terrible at this uh, prediction thing so We'll, we'll, we'll discuss a few of the matches. Uh, there is four matches coming up. Uh, the quarterfinals of the Champions League. They're all happening. Uh, Mike, I'm not sure whether you know this in... Uh, was this in the US time? Uh, but for our listeners, I'll uh, say the Singapore time first. Maybe you want to chip in uh, the US time. Uh, you convert it from there. Uh, on 13 August at 3am, it will be at uh, Atlanta against PSG. Uh, they'll be without Kylian Mbappe, I believe, who's out injured. On 14 August, RB Leipzig will take on Atletico Madrid. Woo! Totally no bias there. Uh, and on Saturday, August 15, Barcelona against Bayern Munich. And on August 16, Man City will take on Lyon. Uh, this is all happening at 3 a.m. I believe it will be 3 p.m. and a Day before, uh, in US, Mike, is it is that right? Yep. So 
what you said was 13 to 13 to 16 uh, 13 to 16 for the you for for our american listeners it would probably be 12 to 15 What's with listeners? You know, you, you, you might have American <laughs> friends. You, don't tell me you don't share this to your American friends. God damn it. I mean, yes, we call it football. Only you guys call it soccer. But come on. I do not. I, until, we, until we make a really outstanding episode, that's when I will What? What? Are you ashamed? Oh, man. All right. Panthers uh, uh, aside, uh, Let's take a look into the the, the four different games. Uh, first up, uh, Atlanta against PSG. Mike, what do you think? I think PSG is going to go through. Really? Um, yeah. I have a um, list of uh, the injuries that both sides have. Uh, for Atlanta, it will be Joseph uh, Ilicic, I think, uh, and Jose Luis Palomino. Mm-hmm. And on PSG side, Kylian Mbappe with a sprained ankle, uh, Levin Kurzawa with a muscle injury, he's back in training, and Marco Verratti, calf injury, He'll, he's expected back in late August. Now that, now that, we, now that you've said it, I'm starting to, to question my prediction. Um, <laughs> I, I, in Atalanta, Ilicic is probably one of their most important attacking uh you know forwards um he will he will definitely be missed if he doesn't play on wednesday thursday um uh, but but psg don't have killian mbappe okay um but marco verratti is a very very big uh absence because he is pretty much their midfield. He is without Verratti. I don't see anyone um, providing the creativity from midfield. Mm. Um, they, they have another midfielder, Paredes, who is also very creative, but he just doesn't have that that spark that Marco Verratti has. So it could be very even. Um, but I still think PSG will will go. Um, go they will go through and uh, uh, to the semis. You mean? Yeah, they'll go through to the semis. Okay. Um, PSG's defense is pretty good. Atlanta's defense is 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 better than people think, but it's also a little bit suspect at times. So uh, I think. Yeah, it, I still think PSG is going to be go through. It's a good point that you brought up because uh, I actually took time to check out the stats before we did our recording. Uh, this is okay. not done on the fly. <laughs> 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 this is a very well-researched podcast, okay? <laughs> In the round of 16, uh, Atlanta second Valencia, uh, they won 4-3 uh, at uh, away. Uh, yeah. Ilicic scored four goals in that game. Yeah. At the Estadio da Mastella. Uh, and 4 3. And in the return leg, uh, they actually. Uh, oh, sorry. In the first leg uh, at Atlanta, they actually won Valencia 4 1. So they are very good moving forward, you know, scoring eight goals in two, 
two games is actually quite impressive. But at the same time, they considered four goals in two games. Uh, and it's definitely going to be worrying, especially this is a one-off game. I, I don't know whether it will affect them or, you know, it gives them the incentive to to, uh, to go forward. So Ilicic has scored five goals over that two legs and it highlights how important it is uh, his contribution will be to the team. PSG, on the other hand, uh, will be without, like uh, Mike was talking about, uh, Verratti and Kylian but they do have uh, Cavani, I think Cavani is still on the books, and uh, Neymar, who is not missing out on uh, a final because uh, allegedly uh, it's no longer his sister's birthday. We don't know <laughs> where to go with that, but you know, uh, if if you keep up with football, you know, you know, this dude has been missing a lot of a lot of matches because of the sister's birthday. So, uh, Mike, PSG to go through? I think so. I think PSG. Um... It's good enough to to handle to to defend against Atalanta. Okay, I think so. Uh, they haven't had any head to head. Uh, PSG have not played uh any game since uh because of COVID nineteen. Uh, they haven't had any uh proper competitive fixture. Uh, their last was uh club friendly on sixth of August, uh where they won one zero. Uh, before before that, it was against Lyon in a 0-0 draw for the, I think it's a French Cup, the yeah. De La Ligue on 1st August. So since 6th August to now, they haven't had a proper uh, match. So we shall see uh, how they turn up. Uh, Mike goes for PSG. I will go for Atalanta, just, you know. Just to be on the other side of the fence. <laughs> Alright, we move on to our next one. Uh, RB Leipzig against Atletico. Uh, before we even start, uh, I'm calling out Atletico because, you know, uh, I'm a fan of Diego Simeone and Atletico Madrid. So, uh, you guys don't need to hear. I- I'm totally biased on this. Mike, <laughs> RB Leipzig, uh, I think they will be with uh, without Timo Werner. Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, what are the chances? Uh, uh, before before we go with the chances, uh, I'll highlight some of the injured and suspended players. Uh, there's no suspended players, uh, just injured players in Fabrice Hartman, uh, cruciate ligament injury, Ibrahima Konate, Marcel Sabitzer, Patrick Schick, uh, Schick uh, and their key striker, Yusuf Polson, who's uh, who had ligament injury, but according to my sources. Uh, he's back in training for Atletico Madrid. It's just uh, I, I really don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh. It's Vrsalsko, uh, V R S L J K O. Yeah, he's the Croatian uh, player, uh, right back, Croatian right back of uh, Atletico Madrid. Yeah, uh, I'm ashamed as a fan that I don't know how to pronounce his name, but uh, oh well. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. I mean, Sabitzer, Paulson, they're all. Werner is not playing. Uh, it's hard to see Leipzig beating Atletico. Even even the, with their gala eleven, it feels like Atletico is still gonna win. And now that they they they've lost all those players, I think Atletico look like they're going to win because um, Atletico 
actually it's surprising but ever since la liga's restarted i think they they scored the most or the second most goals in 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 that in that stretch of la liga so so they're they're, they're really very potent right now um you know um and yeah uh marcus the fact that marcus Al- yeah the go fact, ahead the fact that uh, rb leipzig uh who beat uh tottenham hotspurs in the previous round uh it, over both legs uh, marcel sabitzer and timo werner played crucial uh parts in getting goals so yeah i, I agree mike I, I don't think uh this rb leipzig will beat atletico Uh, and I have watched uh, Atletico's games after the restart. Uh, they do look solid, uh, and I don't think with uh, a lot of options to choose from, I think it'll be hard for them. It really isn't. Um, Mar- Mar- Marcel Sabitzer, especially, um, he's the right winger um, who who likes to invert with uh, Christopher Nkunku. Um, he's 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 really one of the the most important creative players in 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 RB Leipzig, um, but he he's not going to be playing. You know that that that's a hole in the squad right there. The the, um, the only thing that might save Leipzig is that uh, Atletico Madrid last competitive game was in July against Real Sociedad. That was nearly a month away, about three yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, so I think that's the only flaw cons against them. So uh, we both agree, Atletico Madrid uh, to go through. Yeah. Um. But 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 keep an eye on on this RB Leipzig because they're very they're a very talented team. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Um. No, I mean, I was saying is that uh, RB Leipzig has has have very talented. Um. Players like Danny Olmo, um, who's probably going to be playing on the right um, since Sabitzer is not playing. Um, they're a very talented squad, and even though I think Atletico will win, I think they can. So yeah, it, it'll be a very interesting game. Sorry, if Atletico will win, they will what? Yeah, uh, they'll probably win, but RB Leipzig for them to win. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, here I got to apologize to our, our listeners. I think there's some uh, what's this a uh, technical error. Uh, so if Mike keeps cutting off, we might have to repeat. Uh, I'll, I'll figure this out. Uh, but for now, uh, we both agree, RB Leipzig are going to fall to Atletico Madrid. Next is the big. The biggest game out of four, Barca against Bayern. Uh, Mike, take it away. Barca against Bayern. Uh, arguably, Bayern is in. They look the most complete and solid team. They have uh, Robert Lewandowski in like the form of his life, and this is coming from a guy who has been scoring like nonstop since one or two years ago. Uh, what are Barca's chances? Will the magic of Messi be able to overcome the potency of Robert Lewandowski? Keep in mind, left hand side is going to be an interesting duel between the rising left back uh, Alfonso Davies and uh, who will be up against uh, 
the magic man himself, uh, Lionel Messi. You think Bayern gonna win? I think Bayern's gonna win. Um, they just they just can't. Uh, Bayern are just too good. I don't even know where to start with with how good they are. Um, Thiago Alcantara is back. Yeah. Um, you know they have they have two. They probably have the the best. Fullback pairing after Liverpool. Um, the wingers are in the form of their lives. Thomas Muller is back at his best, and as you said, Lewandowski is is really is really just scoring nonstop right now. Um, one of one of uh, Barcelona's weaknesses are their defend are, is that they're weak in defending the flank. So, if 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 Setien doesn't come up with a plan, they could really get get beat on the counter, because I think I think the most dangerous thing about Bayern is not their possession game; it's their counter attacking game. Um, if you watch the Chelsea game, a lot of their goals didn't actually come from, you know. Uh, good a good possession buildup. It actually came from counter attacks. So even though you know they were also dominating possession, um, so I do think Bayern will beat Barcelona. Yeah, uh, I don't see any reason to disagree. Uh, but some interesting uh facts because we are very very well researched podcaster. Eh? We, we do our studies first. Uh, Bayern Munich have won their last 12 matches uh, while Barcelona have scored 9 goals in their last 3. So, I think this will be two sides that are... Will, will there be goals? Probably. I mean, you got Messi, you got Lewandowski. Uh, like Mike said, uh, you have uh, Thomas Müller who's back to his best. Uh, in their last... Uh, they have met a few times uh, over the years. Uh, the last one being in 2015, uh, where over the two legs in the Champions League, uh, Bayern Munich won 3-2 uh, at the Alliance Arena, but uh, Barcelona won 3-0 at Camp Nou. Uh, so yeah, the one of one of Lionel Messi's best, best performances. When, when, yeah, when when he. You remember that goal that he chipped over uh, ah, Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the game, dude. That was the game, okay. Uh, but stats favor Bayern Munich in the head-to-head. Uh, Bayern, in the six matches that they've met in the Champions League, uh, Bayern have won four. Barcelona have won two. And surprisingly, there have been no draws between them. Okay, that's interesting. History favors uh, Bayern Munich. Uh, ball is round we shall see uh, both of us are calling it for a Bayern victory as they march on through to the next round and we'll, uh, our last game that we'll talk about will be about Man City and Lyon uh, to me this looks straightforward I think uh, Lyon have done uh, extremely well to negotiate their round 16 against uh, Juventus they won uh, crucially at home uh, where they beat uh, Juventus 1-0. Uh, 
through uh, Lucas Toussaint, uh 31st minute goal and they kept uh, Juventus from scoring an away goal and that proved to be very critical because in the return leg they did win 2-1 through two Cristiano Ronaldo goals but that crucial 12 minute penalty converted by former Man United uh, some would say flop Mem- Memphis Depay uh, gave them that that uh, advantage to go to the next round so uh, Mike uh, perhaps your main man will they steamroller through Leon? Uh yeah. Um he might make he, he might make some changes to the team. He might bring on Bernardo Silva over Foden. Foden did not have a good game against uh uh against Real Madrid, but to be fair to Foden, he was told he was playing like a false nine. Mhm. Uh, against Real Madrid um, but I do think that Manchester City are just way too good and Leon Leon I don't think don't, don't have what it takes to beat City yeah I, I think it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty cut and dry I, I don't see how Leon are gonna overcome Man City uh, just to be Clear. Uh, we'll we'll look at the injuries that both teams have. Leon are at full strength. Man City are missing their most prolific striker, Sergio Aguero. He'll be back uh, in late August. He's out with a knee injury. And Zachary Thomas Stefan. Uh, I don't think most people who watch actually know who he is. So we'll uh, move along quite quickly. Uh, this will be played out at the Estadio jo- Jose. Al Valade uh, on August 16. Uh, Man City uh, have scored 11 goals in their last three matches. Uh, they've not met Lyon in their last 12. And like, like we both mentioned, I, I think uh, in the last five, Man City have won four, four games, uh, won four, lost one. Lyon have won three, lost two. Uh, yeah, but. It looks like a pretty straightforward game. They have met in the uh, Champions League in the group rounds. Uh, Lyon beating Man City in 2018. Lyon beating Man City 2-1 uh, at, uh, away from home. And then in the return fixture of that same year, they drew 2-2. So, uh, surprise, surprise, uh, Lyon do have the advantage in head-to-heads. But I think it's not going to matter much. Yeah, I remember, I remember Leon beat beat Manchester City uh, a couple years ago. Um, yeah. It was a great game, um, but you know, City was is always the superior team. Right. So uh, I think that really covers our quarterfinal. Uh, uh, if you want us to do uh, Europa League, we can. But I think most supporters are looking forward to the Champions League. Uh, Europa League will be uh, interesting when we get to the final should we see uh, Manchester United against Inter Milan because we have a lot of Inter Milan players uh, who are former Manchester United players uh, but yeah uh, tell us what you think uh, what games you want us to cover uh, any suggestions 
Uh, I've had a couple of suggestions from Liverpool fans to cover their games. So, uh, we'll look into it. Uh, for now... Uh, they haven't played any games. Uh, no, as in, when the when Project Restart, uh, uh, in the last few games, uh, I've had a few requests for Liverpool, uh, who, oh, has, okay. who uh, sadly, or maybe not, have been knocked out of the Champions League by Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Uh yeah, so that's it for for now. Uh, we'll probably have one to cover the semi-finals. Uh, tell us what you think. Uh, till next time, Mike. Anything to close? Um, Messi, man, that goal. <laughs> Shit, still <laughs> right. thinking about it. Mike is clearly obsessed about the Messi goal. Uh, everyone, you should definitely check out Messi's goal. It is <sighs> insane and. We'll see you next time. Uh, remember, subscribe to Buzz Talks on WordPress, Twitter, IG, Spotify, and of course our Facebook page. Share, like, subscribe, and we'll be very thankful if you share to uh, just one of your friends. Uh, or, or you can be like Mike and wait for our uh, perfect episode to come out. Alright, thanks Mike. Thanks everyone. Yeah, bye, bye Buzz. Bye. See you guys.